Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. We did it. <laughs> we have a moment before we do the start of the affirmation. We made it. <laughs> In one piece. Since 4.15 this morning. <laughs> All righty. We commit to support the growth and empowerment of each other to evolve to be the best versions of ourselves. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. We each get a couch. At home, we have to share one couch. This is a bit more luxurious. And I didn't bring <laughs> Nalia the dog. No, we didn't. So from wherever you're listening, in a plane, in a train, in a car, at a bar, jogging in the park, bed after dark, or if you're lucky enough, <laughs> live in one of the seats in the Gold Coast Art Centre Auditorium, we thank you for making the effort to come and listen to our 200th show today. I can't believe we've done 200 shows. It's a very special recording. And this is a very luxurious space, much more luxurious than Jane and I are used to, as you probably know. We normally record wearing Ugg boots and tracky dacks in Jane's lounge room or eating greasy takeaway in Jane's car, which is a very high-tech recording studio. And speaking of high-tech, I'm just going to do the, you know, the business that you've got to do at the start of the show. Phones off, etc. Please no recording during the show. No video, no audio recording. But you can take as many pictures as you want. Hashtag, social media, photos, that's all fine. That's all the housekeeping out of the way. So we're going to talk today around four big buzzwords that Jane and I channeled before we came here that we decided was going to be the thing that the universe most wanted to talk about in the first 30 minutes of the traditional Love Life show. The four buzzwords, let's make sure I, let's make sure I remember them, Jane. Right, back. right. It was a few weeks ago we channeled that. I don't normally have notes, but this is, you know, this is a bit more exciting. Okay. You know why? Because if you guys could actually see how we actually do this show, because we both channel, we both look rather strange. And it's not really, it's not really great for live audience. We haven't practiced a lot of stage presence, so you have to be very patient <laughs> with us. Okay, so that our buzzwords are spiritual, big. Hierarchies. Big. Ego. Big. Limits. Huge. Big. So, as many of you on your healing journeys will know, when you first start out and you go to your first seminar or workshop or weekend or do an online course or start to buy crystals in little dusty shops and bring them home and get angel cards and that thing happens which is exactly the same thing that happens to Mormons and missionaries where they get really gung-ho and they all of a sudden need to convert everybody. And that's the first stage. I've been through that stage. Have you been through that stage? Oh, totally. Yes, and it's like, oh, I just so want to heal that person. was really scared at one point. He seriously thought that I was going to be door-knocking and I just became so passionate about what I now knew. I think you had an Ang- Anglican group also do an intervention because they were worried about your soul at one point, weren't they, Jane? I did. And no, that was Lutheran. 
Anyway, so I can remember, you know, wanting to heal so badly. I'd have that friend and she had that problem and I had the answer and I had to fix it for her and I knew I could fix it for her if only she would sit there and do the work, you know? And I learned really early in my journey as a psychic and as a healer and as a practitioner, don't do that, Rebecca. It's, it's not only embarrassing, it's a complete waste of energy and it leaves both parties feeling unhappy. So then you get cooler than that and then you become like more of a practitioner and people give you money and you, you don't offer advice at parties anymore and you don't <laughs> offer to read the hands of strange hot men in bars anymore. You don't go to parties anymore no. so you don't get offered. You just become really boring <laughs> and really professional. <laughs> no, and then... And then you, so you get past that point and then you start to climb and then you might amass a following, which many of you guys are doing in your own blogs and coaching practices and wellness and you start to get maybe a bit of a following or you start to get a bit of a voice or you start to get a bit of a movement behind your own ideas or your look or your theory, whatever it is that you're vibrationally holding. And that travels really well for a while and lots of underlings come in and people who love what you've got to say and people who are just your biggest supporters and for a while that dynamic feels really good and then one day one of those supporters outgrows the teacher (laughs) and what happens in that space when all of a sudden the ego comes out to play because it starts to feel a little bit threatened because all of a sudden the people who've always listened to you or looked up to you or come to you for the stuff that you held in your queenly energy, all of a sudden they're going to someone else or they're getting the clients or they're teaching the same stuff that you are or they're transcending those upper limits and going on in their journeys and becoming their own gurus. And how comfortably does that sit with us? It's fine to support ourselves and our friends when we all feel comfortable about it, but can we support people when we feel down and their lights are shining really bright? This is such a huge challenge because everybody faces a point in their life where they are the teacher or they are the student. And I feel that most people that are on a really good, strong, solid, committed self-development journey are constantly either the student or the teacher. You will be teaching some things, you will be a student in another. And then fast forward however long it takes and now you are the teacher of the stuff you were the student of, but you are the student of more stuff. So we're constantly being inspired and we're constantly sharing. So it's energy in, energy out. The problem is holding the balance of heart-centred, genuine connection and love for the expansion of the person that is next to you. Whether that person is your teacher or whether that person is the one that you are healing or teaching, the challenge comes, can you hold that energy regardless of where it is without coming from ego? And this is a challenge I know I've had, Beck, I'm sure you've had it as well. I think that those of us who enjoy delving into our own genuine inner truth know what we have felt at different times. We seek external validation. We find that we need that when we are in expansion of self. When we are growing and exceeding that which we have already been, we are desiring the proof that it's okay to be that. And as social human beings, that's what we need. So the understanding of seeking that validation is okay. But I feel we have to constantly check in with what that validation is really giving us. Is it ego-derived where it's like, look... I've managed to get this client. Now, I know that client used to go and see so-and-so. Insert household name. How good am I? She's left that person and is coming to me now. You know, there's all sorts of really ugly, 
internal dialogue going on that is validating ourselves. So on one level, it's incredibly, it's incredibly useful and working well. But on another level, it's showing a negative ego side of wanting to play the one-upmanship, the hierarchy that does occur in everything in life, but really, really strongly in the self-development, spiritual teaching There's area. a lot of competitiveness and a lot of threatenedness in the spiritual arena. I mean, if you want to break it down and make it really relatable to everyday life, like, for example, my best friend, who I love dearly and who had a horrible childhood and who had a horrible marriage and totally deserves love, has fallen in love and is so totally in love that it's pissing me off. <laughs> Like, and, and like, I'm all spiritual and I love her and I want the best for her and I'm so happy for her. But there is that thing that comes up in you when someone else seems to have something so good, it does make you curl up a little bit. Like, you start doing that little girl voice, but why can't I have it? But why does she do it? Well, thank you, thank you. But, and, and also, I do that so well, Beck. Thanks, Jane. I've been practicing my inner child for some time now. And I think also when we extend out, to the greater spiritual circles and we think about, you know, and because Jane and I were playing this game on the plane this morning. Who's what the game? W- I don't think I was awake. <laughs> maybe, we were, maybe we were sleep talking for the benefit of all the passengers around us. Let's face it, neither <laughs> of us actually ever don't talk. <laughs> I was born, I came out of the womb talking. Okay, so on the plane this morning, we were saying, who is the one person in the wellness industry or whatever you want to call it, holistic <gasps> spiritual industry that really pushes your buttons? Now, we're not going to say who they are, but Jane's got one. That was my one, challenge. That was my challenge. I said, yeah, who is the person that you really get annoyed by? And usually they've got a big following. Even though we know better. Yeah. It's not about that. Well, this is about truth. This <laughs> it's about is being about human. Truth. This is about being really human and vulnerable in you always feel that somebody else is doing something slightly better than you are. And can I just interrupt again because all these examples are... Brrr. Right. Two, in the last week, I met with two people. One was a young... She's just turned 30. I've known her for a long time. For the last seven or eight years, she has been working so hard at, at launching her own dot-com empire. She's had this dream for a very long time and finally the stars aligned and she's got now the resources, the web team and everything to finally execute this long-held dream. And it went massive and America picked it up straight away and wrote articles about it, etc. put her to one side. The other one is the most beautifully tortured musician. He plays music... It's all vibrational healing. He's the most amazing soul. Now, it's so easy to sit and look at people like that and think how amazing they are. What does the girl say to me over a noodle lunch? Oh, there's some days I just wake up and I don't think, I just think I'm kidding myself. Who am I kidding? What am I doing? And what does the guy say to me? I just don't ever want to play live. No no one should hear my music. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to give up this career and, you know, work in a bar. So, Every, it is human to second-guess yourself and it is very human to get jealous and threatened. We did a whole podcast show on that. Absolutely. We've done lots on that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But by owning that that is a part of your journey gives you the internal dialogue to be able to check in and go, okay, so I acknowledge this but am I actioning on it? And I really want you to sink into that because it's okay to feel whatever it is you're feeling even if it's the ugly thoughts. I can't believe that she's got all of that following and I haven't got that. It doesn't matter if that's an ugly thought and it's not what you wish was your thought. Just acknowledge it. But are you actioning on it? Now, the actioning is, 
Are you undermining that person? Are you making sure that you're somehow passive-aggressively belittling them? Have you got the ability, and this is the test, have you got the ability of somebody that's really annoying you and they actually do a blog, a video, a Facebook post that is really beautiful, that you read it or watch it or look at it and think, wow, that's actually really good stuff. Have you got the ability to share it? I think there's some shadow work going on in here too. But this is the challenge. This is the challenge of I feel that the next stage in evolution of the wellness industry, the self-development industry, the spiritual industry, they all blend and cross over in different areas. And, you know, I know our tribe is parts from everywhere of that. What's really important is to really look at the next growth of that. If we really are here to connect as light workers, if we really are here to be the best versions of ourselves, if we really are here to be of service, if we want to be heart-centered, if we want to come from love, how can we do that and within all of those three industries? Because we need each other because there's a whole heap of people out there that have never heard, heard of self-development, that have never heard of spirituality, that have never heard of the wellness movement. Or if they have, they've got no idea where to start. And so what we need is to be able to rise to a new level of evolution to be able to really support anybody that is doing good work within the industry. Whether it is what you personally agree with, it doesn't matter. People have different entry points. Some people come in from yoga. Some people come in from having had trauma in their life. Some people come in because they've had a physical illness. There are so many entry points to conscious self-awareness and that is what we're talking about. It's about respect for the spectrum as well and it's remembering that there will always be entry-level um, practitioners or seminars or techniques out there, right through to the really out there and really advanced. And just because you might have been on a spiritual journey for 15 years now and you you know about all the, the Reiki or the angel cards or the basic Hay House stuff or Doreen, whatever it is, Doreen Vision, I don't know. If you feel like you're up this end of the spectrum these days, that's fine. But it's remembering that there is a time and a space and a place for everything and not to put down. This is the hierarchy thing. This is the hierarchy idea that every, every healer and practitioner has their place. There is enough abundance and there is enough work and opportunity for everybody to magnetise to everybody. There's always enough for everybody. And can I just also say on the hierarchy front, the way that a lot of healers work, even subconsciously, they don't even recognise that they're doing this, the way that they work is by keeping people beneath them. Because as long as they have people beneath them, they stay in business. Because again, if the student outgrows the teacher, where does that leave them? That is a truth that is very confronting. Now, I know Jane and I have both experienced, and some of you will have experienced, being in session with any kind of healer, no matter what they are, and sometimes they'll get a bit threatened by you. And the power play will start to happen where th there's something that's come out with you in the reading or the technique or the modality or the massage or whatever you're having done brings up their stuff and straight away they feel the need to put you down or keep you in a box or keep you at a certain level to protect their own very fragile ego. Unfortunately, there is a lot of that going on. So that's why I feel this, this episode is so important to be talked about because where do everybody, where does everybody sit in this, you know? All of you are teachers, every single one of you. 
it doesn't matter whether you're doing it getting paid, it doesn't matter whether you've got a formal business or whether you are talking to the girl, your girlfriend, your partner, your children, your parents, it, it doesn't matter. You are without a doubt teachers. So this occurs at any point. Can you let your children surpass you? Or even harder maybe for some of you, can you surpass your parents? Because a lot of people can't. A lot of people have an upper limit of allowing themselves to only grow, be, experience that which their parents have. And that's an upper limit that really needs to have the magnifying glass put on it and thought, and thought process of, is this true? Is this really necessary? It is your right to bust every upper limit and to glow and be as bright and magnificent as you possibly can be, bar none. I want my children to surpass me. I actually think it's their job. I actually think it's every generation's job to surpass the one before them. Woohoo, great. They can lay the path out and sit back and have a good time. But there are a lot of areas where people are suppressed. They are put down. Or are you putting people down to keep them where they need to be? So I know this is confronting, but it is really something to look at because if we really want to be walking this path with a heart that is genuinely wide open and accepting of whoever is next to you, then we've got to master this. And I think this is the challenge for the coming years. Jane's still in all my points. <laughs> I channeled them the first time. <laughs> no, I really love what, you, what you're talking around there. And it is this idea that sometimes we think spirituality are these really highfalutin concepts like I have to meditate and transcend and spirituality is the really basic everyday stuff that comes up that really confronts you and that is it's like the best friend on the phone says something and you walk around in a huff for half an hour your husband does something your partner does something it, the girl at work gets a promotion that you've been going for for three years it's the little everyday things that make us have such a violent reaction such a resistance and almost an anger or a and it's, it's, it's a quite a hateful emotion because we turn it back around on ourselves and immediately the judging voice comes. Why didn't you achieve that? Why is she got that and you haven't? You know, why aren't you good enough? Why didn't you step up? If only you'd done that, done that on Tuesday, you could have had that on Wednesday too. We, we go into a lot of self-flagellation. So as much as we're holding other people down, because of course the minute we feel bad, what do we do? We turn around and we, we often will lash it out. That's what classic bullying is. As I say to the kids, you know, a happy person doesn't get up in the morning and go skipping out in the clover and then start bullying people. It comes from a place of self-hatred to start with but it's not just about the external suppression and putting down you are holding yourself back times a hundred the minute you begin to engage in those limiting kinds of behaviors or controlling other people giving other people conditions giving them boundaries in an unhealthy sense in terms of how they are allowed to grow behave expand around you i saw this play out really well in the um, dance industry so years ago i had a dance school and I also – I had kind of a weird situation where I had an produ entertainment production company, but I also had a dance school. So the dance school was training the children up, or amateurs, and then as they were ready to move over to professionals, they moved over to the entertainment production company. And it was a weird setup. But I often needed more professional dancers and entertainers than I would get from my own school. So I would go and get them from other schools. And you would be amazed. I would go to the schools and say – holding auditions, looking for maybe your top two or three dancers if they're interested to come and I've got a contract for six months, this is the pay, this is what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. 
dancers, dancing jobs in Adelaide back then were like hen's teeth. And so they should have been jumped all over. But the number of dance teachers that never told their students. So I don't know how many of you listening to this have got children going to dance schools. Bet that there's a lot of opportunities they are not being given because that teacher, I see this rife, that teacher is wanting to hold on to her talent or his talent. They are too scared to lose their best students instead of allowing them to surpass what she or he is capable of delivering knowing that they played the most amazing, beautiful role in helping these people get to this point in life. And this relates to anything outside of dance. It's anything. What role have you played to help somebody to be the best version that they are? And if they can fly and go further, how exciting. How I've just got goosebumps. There we go. But how exciting because you then get to know that you played your part. And that's amazing. Now, when I was training my dancers, sure, I'd have a dancer that come along and say, uh, I've just got a contract with Australian Opera. I'm out for the next six weeks. And I'd go, oh, my gosh. You know, you're working in three different nightclubs. You've got two gigs, the corporate ones. I've got to recast you and all this work. But what he or she had just received was greater than what I could give them. So I set them free. That's exciting. And if you really want to feed the ego on it, if the ego starts to feel threatened when you let go of something that you need, let it go first off by reminding yourself that you have got them this far and without you, maybe they wouldn't have had quite the same success or journey. That's fine. Feel good about that. But also know that you are actually able to pull them back at any point. Now, I'll pull them back. That's the wrong story. What I would do in the dance school would be come end of year Christmas concert and all the Adelaide dancers that have been working all around the world, you know, there's ones that have danced for Janet Jackson and, and Madonna and all of that. They all come back to Adelaide for Christmas time. What did I do at Christmas time? I had an end of year dance concert for the students. Wow, I'm going to get these big dancers back. Can they hand out the awards? Of course they can. They'd love to. They'd be honoured. They'd be flattered. Jane, you are such an important part of my, of my development. People remember the people that help. You stop and think who's helped you in your journey. You know who they are. You don't forget that. So if you set people free, you've always got a divine connection, one that is love, support, nurturing, enhancing and not coming from fear. When you don't view those people as any less, that man in my science class back in year 10 who, yeah, and now I'm an astrophysicist, but you don't view him as being any any less than you. You view him as a stepping stone that, that carried yeah, you to the point that you Yeah, he ignited it. He ignited it. Great point, Beck. And I think that there's a you huge... You can stay. Oh, can I? <laughs> Do I get a pay raise? <laughs> I think that there's also... She did say she wanted lobster for dinner. <laughs> I Sorry, said, vegans. I said Sarah deserves lobster for dinner. <laughs> Actually, she did. Sarah's put on this she whole did. show and I said to Jane backstage... I I have to buy Sarah lobster for dinner because she's just gone above and beyond. Anyway, talk about getting I said off, I'll do the champagne. Off tangent. Yeah. I think that we can't talk about this topic as well with talking about I've always got to go a bit pagan. Cycles, rebirth, death, endings, trust and flow. Jane wants to know yeah. what time it is. <laughs> doing that discreetly without you talking about it in the recording. Well, it's like a big lounge room here, we're all casual. So I think that it's it's remembering as well that in life. People are going to have ideas 
for themselves that you don't like or that you don't agree with. People are going to have choices that, that they make with regarding to their journey or their vision or the way they want to take a project or the way they want to end a business or end a marriage. Or People are always going to change on you and often disappoint you through their inconsistency or irregularity. And there needs to come a huge degree of surrender and trust acceptance and respect with the way other people need to navigate and direct their own journeys. And again, so often the minute somebody does something that's outside of a box that that makes us feel slightly uncomfortable or unsafe, we immediately want to kind of put them back in that box again so that it doesn't threaten our parameters. And we need to really watch that we don't do that because again, death, rebirth, Winter, autumn, spring, summer, they're all natural cycles of life. Everything comes to an end. People move on, people change. Flexibility is the name of the game. I want to give an example too about the one I gave earlier about the dance school of releasing the dancer that is going to go beyond the teacher. What about when you've gone beyond your tribe? Whether it's been you've gone beyond your teacher or your friends. Hands up who's had it with friends. Oh, yeah, whole room. Yeah, look at that. (laughs) And it breaks your heart. You know, you've strived so hard or you've spent such a lot of passion and joy and energy in producing whatever it is you want to produce, you know, whatever it is, whether it's a career change or a new business or whatever, it doesn't matter. But you do something that surpasses your friends and their envy kicks in, their jealousy And it just hurts so much, doesn't it? And yet, how can we not have that hurt happen? So I found my first tool that I did was stop telling people what you're doing. Because me playing it, that's me playing it small to make them feel comfortable. But why am I going to do that? Because they matter to me. So I stopped telling them about what I was achieving. I am a high achiever. I enjoy it. Although watch this space, that might be changing. Uh, However, I really enjoy achieving things and I know that that makes some of my friends uncomfortable that are not achievers and they feel threatened by that as though it highlights to them what they're not doing that they could be doing or maybe want to be doing. So I just chose to not share And that actually is okay. It wasn't passive-aggressive. It was when I first started doing it. Yeah, it was. Totally. Fine. I'm not telling you anything. But I think 90% of people don't understand anyway. A lot of people don't understand what you do. Like, not you personally, but... No, actually, it's probably me personally too. (laughs) But when you get really wacky and you do wacky (laughs) things for a career as well, it's just... Sometimes it's like, just save your breath. Just wait to demonstrate it. Wait till it drops. Wait till you're living the proof of it rather than talking about it too much before it actually happens. I think there's a lot of energy work there. Yeah, that's true. But I'm talking about when things have happened. Like, I've got friends that don't know how many books I've written and stuff like that. And that's fine. close, good friends who, who, who would have no idea. Well, you know, you refer back to our other podcast on friendships there's different levels yeah isn't there so some of them um no I don't bother um but but they are important to me but there's a higher vibrational level you can go than that there's one where you actually sit in whatever it is you're doing as you have surpassed friends employees clients teachers whatever you're surpassing and you know they're uncomfortable about it really Dig into the compassion and the empathy for them. Remind them of how amazing they are. Remind them of whatever it is they've achieved. Or remind them the most beautiful gift you could give them is remind them of the role that they've played in your life 
to help you to be the person you are. You know, when I had the healer that was totally threatened by what I was doing, back then if I'd known this, I would have had so much joy in reminding her of how amazing she was, what a pivotal part of my life she was involved in and how I wouldn't be the woman I am today if it wasn't for her being in my life. And that is the honest truth. And that rises above it all. And that's what I'm talking about in this episode. Jane's on such a beautiful roll. I'm now going to quote Jane Donovan because Jane channeled something the other day. And it's quite powerful. Can I read the sentence? Oh, yeah, sure. Don't know what she I said. She, Here it goes. This is what you said, Jane. She said, in the guru world, we see gurus having tribes. And a guru will support somebody coming up but not superior unless there's something in it for them. It's wow, that's good. What chick said that? <laughs> awesome. I want to meet her. <laughs> it starts to get a little bit insidious sometimes, doesn't it? And that is the cult-like stuff that can start to Since happen. Since we've got a live audience mm. here, I actually want to – do you guys mm. really get this? Have you gone through where you've been in that situation? It, okay, cool. Good, good. Because, you know, when we kind of come up with these ideas, we're sitting at home going, well, if I'm feeling it, if Bex felt it, then I'm sure lots of others are too. Um, I think the point, like we said earlier, is it doesn't have to apply to just spiritual and wellness. I mean, it, it's human to feel slightly on the back foot at many times in life because of what other people are up to. And it's how you choose to respond and behave to other people's actions, which really shows the world what kind of person you are mm. and how... You know, giving and accepting and surrendering you are. That lovely expression, live and let live. Like we just talked the other week about our mothers and, who, you know, the minute you go on television they say, oh, you know, what, what were you wearing and what about your hair oh. and your shoes? And like, w- There's enough of that in life. There's enough of picking I up. actually said that when I went, the iron in the hotel room wasn't working properly. I went, my outfit's creased from the suitcase. And then I went, my mother would be horrified. I went, mm, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I just want to finish up though if I can on yeah. that, that, that bit there about – they will only if you are surpassing the, surpassing them. They will only support it if there support you if there is something in it for them. And so often that's where suddenly you become the best friend of the person that's about to have a million followers on Instagram. You know, I'm their best friend. I'm the celebrity's friend, or whatever. It doesn't matter. That's just a that's probably a limiting example. However, what can you do instead? Instead of Having that threat or seeing them, you know, you can sense it. You can sense when somebody thinks they've got something in it for them and it's not very genuine. You do exactly what I said earlier. You just remind them of their worth in your life, of the important role that they've played. And love will always soften the soul. The love, honestly, the soul knows no resistance when you speak from love, ever. It's that lovely Nelson Mandela quote, isn't it? Who are you to play it small so that others may feel more comfortable? That's it. And on that note, we know that our Love Life listeners don't play it small. (laughs) Keep playing it big. And we are here to support you, whether you are so-called perceived as beneath the same or above. We don't care. But uh, she's given me the wrong page. That was called ad lib. (laughs) We commit to supporting the growth and empowerment of each other to evolve to the best versions of ourselves. Wasn't that the quickest show in the entire world? That just went by in such a flash. Thank you for joining us today on the Love Life Show from wherever you are listening. And, of course, you can get all of our back issues, back issues, because I used to work in magazines. Oh, back. You can write us a letter. copies of our other recordings, <laughs> you say. Get you your can get, quill paper you can out. download out. 
www.lovelifeshow.mp, somethings from lovelifeshow.com. And, of course, our Facebook page has a really thriving community at the moment. We put up some live videos today. I hope some of you guys saw them. Um, Hilarious. I've never done one of those before, and we just did it backstage in the dressing room. Could you tell? (laughs) All right, so the Facebook page is? Facebook.com forward slash lovelifeshow. We'd love to have you join our tribe there. And you can also put in a request to join our private closed group on that page as well. And until this time next week, we hope you have fun challenging the upper spiritual limits in yourself and most importantly, how you relate them to others. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening. And it's a beautiful day. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.